Dear friends, welcome to episode 64 of New Indian Woman podcast airing first in late April 2022 and I'm your host Krishna. In the last episode, we heard the views of different women about their very specific or special relationship they have with their mother-in-law. Today's episode is from a completely different context and perspective about this relationship. We have someone very special. She is an avid listener of New Indian Woman podcast and she reached out to me about the importance of accepting that a daughter-in-law will be to some extent always an outsider and that is the genesis of this episode. Considering the nature of this particular topic, we are keeping this anonymous and she is based out of California and she is a scientist who works in the field of pharmacy. She lives in a joint family, yes, in the US. At the outset, let me clarify here that the context is not abuse. We are not talking in that scenario at all, far from it. It is about us wanting to have a loving home and family and then the mother-in-law daughter-in-law equation sometimes it poses a challenge and how to examine it how to handle it or how not to expect anything from it and the various shades of those before you get into that very happy to have you in this episode and it is so wonderful that you as a listener reached out and we are recording an episode together thank you so much for that and welcome again thank you krishna uh, it's an absolute pleasure to listen to your podcast and uh, you know i'm i'm grateful for the opportunity to have this discussion with you which as you said is it is a sensitive topic mm-hmm. uh, but i think there is a positive spin to it So so it, we have a great platform here I think to talk about it. Thanks once again for giving the chance. And you know something in the last almost uh, so many years of the episode we are in episode 64 this particular topic is something most listeners have reached out to me saying can we have an episode on this particular topic but the way you reached out was something very different. and it attracted my attention you were just not asking for an episode on this topic you were willing to share and that's very exciting and i'm sure the listeners here would learn a lot from your experience shall we start yep i'm looking forward to it great you were talking to me about the concept of joint family in the us with values being indian outlook being western and still feeling the additional burden of being a daughter-in-law additional burden of the expectation to fit in and adjust to a family i would like to know from you a few examples of how these manifest in your daily life sure so before i start kind of getting into the details of it i just want to give a broad idea of what it means to have a family in in an in an american setting mm-hmm. so in america you what i've been told is that boys usually leave or even girls for that matter they leave their parents home and they go to their spouse's home so it's very kind of very intensely focused on just husband wife and children hmm. and maybe a cat or dog you know that's hmm. kind of what is a family however 
in my case, what happened, I think I'm probably one of the only Indian families here of all the extended Indian community that we know, where we actually are living with my in-laws. It puts me in a funny situation because I don't have anybody to look up to or lean towards and say, hey, how are you managing? Hmm. How are you balancing the Western and then the Indian values at the same time? Hmm. So that kind of in itself is a bigger challenge, right? And because there's nobody to kind of get any kind of advice from or kind of talk to and who totally gets it because they're hmm. on their own level. So some of the things which are affects me in a day to day, I'll tell you just in a, in a very generic way. Hmm. I, I won't pin it down to anything specific. Say, for example, hmm. one of the Western habits that we have at our home is that none of us eat a cooked breakfast in the morning. Hmm. You know, everybody, we have our own preference of what we want to eat. And it won't even occur to my in-laws that they need a cooked breakfast in the morning from me, hmm. like a hot meal, right, for breakfast, hmm. which is a which is a very given thing in India. We take it for granted. Right. That's not something where they expect me to do. Hmm. So in that way, they have also westernized, right? Hmm. So that hmm. in a way is a big relief for me because I, I don't have that extra burden on my mind. But at the same time, uh, you know, they have these um, expectations that, oh, today is the festival. I have to wear a silk sari. I have to dress up in a very traditional way and not wear a salwar kameez. So those are kind of the Indian expectations that they have. Very interesting. Hmm. It's a very fine dance. Hmm. And, you know, I need to figure it out. So another example would be that, uh, you know, we are very, very strict vegetarians at home. Hmm. And uh, that kind of always poses a bit of a challenge when we have, when we have to go to restaurants. Hmm. So they're very kind of very, I can't say conservative, but they're very particular about what they want to eat. Hmm. And uh, you, you can't go to a, like, we try only to go to vegetarian restaurants. Hmm. Those are the kind of things which kind of makes you feel, okay, there are, they're very set in a certain way. Hmm. I'm not saying this in a negative way. A lot yeah. of, I've seen a lot of Americans do it too. They're very set in a certain way. They're very set in a certain routine. And I can see that we have imbibed a lot of that. Hmm. And uh, another example that I can think of is both my in-laws like to drive. They're hmm. in their 80s. They like to drive. and uh, But there are certain times when they want, they expect us to give, you know, to drive them. So it's kind of always trying to figure out, okay, when do they want to be really independent? When do they want us to like really help them out? How does this work? Because so for me, the challenge, the big challenge was to really figure out where are the, the traditions which an Indian joint family follows in India? Mm-hmm. Where are those breaking here? Mm-hmm. I really had to sit and watch it very, very closely to say, there are some traditions which are obviously broken down. Hmm. And some of them are good for me. And some of them, you know what, what really doesn't work for me. And how am I going to figure everything out in this mix? Hmm. So those, those are the, just a couple of examples. So the very interesting examples, because in any daughter-in-law fitting in kind of a scenario, when from the outside, when you hear some some examples like this, you may feel, okay, so what? Or one tends to compare with one's own seemingly bigger and more serious issues and feel, okay, what kind of issues are these? You know, there may be always, when we listen to somebody else's 
you know scenarios examples one may get into those kinds of thinkings but what i want to highlight here is the specific examples like you mentioned may not actually matter but the point is that for all of us on a day to day basis it becomes additional stress factors right we cannot reach a state where we realize we have figured it out and there is a freedom to do based on knowing this is okay this is not okay to what extent we should feel accepted or not so there is this delicate uh, tightrope walking which one has to do on a day to day basis and do you think this also adds to the stress of the daily living um i have to say it used to hmm the reason i'm using past tense here is because over i've been married a bit more than a decade now hmm. and over a period of time i kind of understood the situation i am in and yes there were some days which were super tough but then i did take some professional help because i really needed it living in a western world you know trying to mm. be indian was just it was just my brain was not working it was the the cross wires were like short circuiting at one point so i had to basically do something about it and i took a lot of uh, professional help and i must say for the last couple of months we've had a more or less stable harmonious relationship as a joint family with which means that there is no negative feeling amongst any mm. one of us i'm only talking about the four of us i'm not going to involve my toddler in this but mm. amongst the four of us my husband me and my in-laws uh, we do have our differences but uh, we we have learned to navigate through these waters without creating any tsunamis yeah no no that's an important i think i would like to highlight two points from what you shared one is you know not to think this is there in every family so let me somehow handle it or i'll figure out you said about taking professional help i am not sure how many people in india opt for that because it is like the saas bahu thing is a very common i feel it is important for each person to realize if it is affecting their peace of mind that they should seek professional help that is one point i want to highlight the other point that you mentioned uh, which again i want to reiterate is about that a harmonious relationship doesn't mean we agree on everything there will be disagreements or difference in views let me put it that way difference in views but still life can happen knowing that there is difference in views without it becoming points of arguments or not even arguments points of discomfort and losing sleep over it right maybe that acceptance is the first step that we can have differences but still life can happen i think for me what was the biggest stress factor was that there are sometimes my mother in law gets very very upset right mm-hmm. and she suddenly goes very quiet or her behavior body language her tone changes hmm and i have no clue why hmm right i mean from morning till evening i'm i'm like so distracted with so many things happening in my own life mm-hmm. that i'm not paying attention and over a period of time i realized that it could have been something i said 
in passing or something the way i spoke to my husband or i asked him to do something and she didn't like it hmm. which is that is a very common thing you know mothers hmm. do not like their, to see their sons be so obedient to their wives that's what they think in their head right which is fine yeah. hmm. so in in my I, i as a wife i'm looking at like oh here is my equal partner if i'm asking him to look after the kid he's not doing me a favor but he mm. actually should be looking after this this is also his job right is the mm. dad so that's what i am thinking whereas that's not the real point a mother would love would have right mm. so those were the kind of things that would stress me out because i'm like so what i would usually do in the beginning was that if there were things that were stressing her out or if she got upset i would go try to talk to her i would try to you know say please i'm sorry i'm sorry i hurt you whatever mm-hmm. and she is also apologized to me many times you know mm-hmm. I, i'm going to give her credit for that you know i don't want to take away that from her uh in that way it's not been like very one sided however after a while i realized that you know what a lot of these stresses i may not be the person directly creating it hmm i might be doing something that somebody is getting offended hmm you know this it's not like i'm purposely doing it right that's what i began began to recognize because yeah. that was one of the things that really really upset me hmm and then it also happened very recently you know she looked at me and she said something and uh, i just told her okay fine i'll text this person and i let her know Mm-hmm. that you know this is what you want and i was looking at her and having this conversation i texted her i mm-hmm. texted this person and i said look this is what my mother in law is saying mm-hmm. right and then that person responded back and i conveyed the message to my mother in law she's like why are you interfering mm-hmm. and i'm like okay you, you know these are the kind of things when when somebody questions you like that you are like okay i am not very comfortable in the situation mm-hmm. but hmm. i didn't want to escalate it hmm at the same time i'm not going to deescalate it either because i myself am very agitated from inside right hmm. so what i had to remind myself is and she was upset for the next two days and she didn't want to talk to me hmm i had to remind myself constantly that i'm not going to get drawn into this hmm right in the situation and either it'll end up in an argument or it'll end up me apologizing or something which i don't want to take any of those two paths hmm but i do recognize and acknowledge and accept that she has big feelings hmm rightfully so because she's a human being right after all and she also has the capabilities of resolving it on her own hmm however she thinks she can resolve it so i continue to have my formal interaction with her polite interaction with her as usual from my end i acted as if nothing has changed i also took care of my own feelings hmm in the back and lo behold you know two days later she was back to her normal self so i found yeah. that to be less stressful on me and while in this particular example you chose not to apologize not to talk about it but i think the important point is also to come to terms with it and how how your thinking was in terms of how you chose to respond or not to respond and i find that is a very powerful thing because sometimes what we happen is we bottle it up i see two extremes one is always communicating maybe you were in that phase where you thought apologizing you were being open and you were apologizing but it takes a toll right because you were apologizing for something which 
it's not a wrong thing for which you know it's it's not a mistake or anything like that so that also takes a toll on you but if you just bottle it up that also takes a toll on you but this particular approach that you were talking about your thinking process and being very clear that no i don't have to apologize let her deal with this herself because i didn't do anything that kind of a thinking process it's very interesting actually so would you also share some of the other techniques that uh, worked for you uh, because you were saying over a period of time you have reflected and an important point here is that while you have taken professional help when we had a prior interaction before this recording also i remember the taste our conversation that what i was left with was that continuously you had reflected on the interactions on how you should handle it i did not get the feeling that you were making or creating a scene out of every issue or anything like that but there is continuous reflection focusing on acknowledging there is a need to love and respect your in-laws as your husband's parents and always acknowledge that yes they are not your own parents and you were talking about this reflection and what all techniques that worked for you could you share a few of them yeah sure yeah i my pendulum did swing my emotional pendulum actually swung between being over communicative trying to bring the peace or trying to go back to the default baseline mm. level happy mode or kind of either bottling it up and mm. then you feel trapped in the situation i started feeling extremely frustrated with my own life because me being a daughter in law is one part of my life right right other than me being mother wife husband you know to my husband or daughter or sister or whatever i am also my own person hmm. that is also important with between all of these roles and especially a minor role like a daughter in law i mean i am meaning minor in the sense it's minor given all the different thing roles i play right. but it's major in the time i spend right a majority of my spend other than being with my child and my husband goes away with my in-laws right right so it takes up 50% of my time in that way hmm. so the, the negative emotions was 100% of my life hmm. on a given day so that was kind of where i was and i was feeling very trapped and there are few practical techniques that i got as i said with with professional help i started implementing in my life mm-hmm. one of the big i think maybe a lot of women can probably resonate with me in this if i say that i hardly get any time to myself mm-hmm. and this to happen all the time because monday to friday i'm working and in the evening cooking playing with the kid and looking after the kid and weekends you always had some guest over or somebody comes in and you have to i again end up cooking cleaning or taking my kid to the play date it's just swamped and you hmm. i hardly barely get any time for myself and for the fact that i'm bottling up everything is i am going to burst any minute i'm going to have an emotional outburst because i can't take it anymore i'm just mm. super exhausted mm. and uh, there's no gratitude at the end of it right i mean i'm the daughter in law it's expected mm. so what happened was that one of the things i came up with not just came up i mean i was kind of one of the exercises that i did mm. uh, was take up my days into my day into an every hour from the time i wake up to the hour i go to bed hmm and start filling in what i do every hour and trust me the first week was hard hmm.
So, what did she find out when she filled up this time distribution details? Did it help her in any way? What actions did it lead to? This and much more we will find out in part 2 in the next episode. Until then, take care. Remember, you are what you want to be and the time starts now.